I just, a few quick things. One, uh, we have a marriage conference coming up on the 14th and 15th. Again, uh, we're getting close. It's next week. Make sure you guys sign up for this. Uh, this will be kind of the last announcement about it. So next Friday and Saturday, uh, it's going to be an amazing conference. I think we have something like 35 couples signed up already. So, uh, But be a part of it. Come be a part of it. It's going to be amazing. We have some guest speakers coming in. Uh, secondly, we have, uh, we're going to have some uh, tables out here. Uh, the class, there's classes that are starting. There's the women's classes that are starting. And so <laughs> got our women's pastor down here giving the hurrah. And, uh, and also, uh, I know the men's uh, group that meets Monday night, they're going to be doing a, a, new, um, a new video with John Eldridge on Monday nights as well. So men, women, get connected, get, get plugged in in these groups. And uh, uh, the other thing I want to show is if you can put up I'm so sorry for you guys that are sitting over here. You guys have to move over here or something or kind of tilt your heads. But if you can put up the picture of, of Pastor Zach and, and Nicole. I don't know if you can see that. It's kind of... But this was last night. Pastor Zach and Nicole uh, were married yesterday. It was an awesome time. And unfortunately, they couldn't invite everyone to the wedding. It was a smaller wedding, and, uh, but they want everyone to come and celebrate with them. They're going to be going away. I'll give you the details of where they're going to be if you'd like to meet them on their honeymoon. But, uh, <laughs> but when they get back, uh, we're going we're gonna to celebrate. And so this is just kind of the, a family thing that we're going to do. We're, we're not going to have the service in here on Wednesday night. So it's not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday, uh, we're going to meet in the gym, and we're just going to have a celebration. Uh, they're going to be coming back from their honeymoon. I'm sure they'll be glowing and all excited, and, and uh, we just get, we'll get to celebrate with them. We'll have a reception in there uh, with desserts, and so it'll be after dinner, uh, and we'll meet in there at 6.45 on Wednesday the 19th. So I just want to, they want to invite all of you uh, to be a part of this, the youth, the, the adults, everyone, as we just celebrate family and the, and the unity of a, of a covenant relationship uh, between Zach and Nicole, who are two just amazing people in our body that we love so much. So, here we go. I'm going to roll here. Uh, title of this message is Transitioning from Community to Family. Christy, can you throw me a water? We're in Colorado, and it is so dry. <laughs> you guys are probably all thirsty. Watch this. If you're thirsty, mm. So good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was really mean. <laughs> uh, but funny. Um, so transitioning from community to family. And this is something that the Lord has been putting on my heart for the past few weeks. And we had a pastor's retreat uh, with, our, with our pastors uh, about three weeks ago now. And the Lord gave me three words, and at the time, I wasn't really even sure where we were going with it, but he gave me, it was family, unity, and maturity. And so, um, we, I had asked uh, Pastor Peter Young, who's a very good friend of mine, close friend, he's actually an overseer of this church, and he's the pastor of Bridgeway. Uh, I asked him to come and, and lead us as the pastors uh, 
in, this, in these areas of, of family, of unity, and of maturity. And so uh, he came in, did a phenomenal job. We had a, a great time together, a uh, lot of laughing, a lot of crying. Uh, it was, we called it heavy lifting. There were some things we really got into that, uh, that were difficult things we had to just kind of pull up and deal with, and, but it was so good. And there was truly a transition there, I would say, from kind of that community to, to a place of family. And we're still, we're still in that process. But I believe now is the time that we as a church begin to make this transition as well. There's a, if you can put up the picture from the pastors from our retreat, this is community. This is where we, how we are. And uh, this, was a, this is how we started out. And then as we transitioned to family, can you show the transition? There, there we go. I don't know if you can see that. That's family. Uh, it's kind of messy, uh, but it is so good. And here's the thing. Family is actually the governmental structure uh, that God has created and established for the church. This is, this is, what, we're, we're, this is what we were created for. Uh, this is our purpose. It's our destiny is to operate as a family together, as the body of Christ, right? Um, you, as you go through scripture, you see... He's the father, we're his children, uh, children of God. Uh, Jesus is the the bridegroom, we're the bride. Uh, Jesus is the head, we're the body. Uh, In all these kind of analogies, this is is all family related. And and this is what the Lord wanted to establish and show us with his word is that we are family. And how do we live as family? And so that's kind of what we're going to begin to just roll through today. so, I'm going to just put this out there that family, in order to become family, we actually, it comes through unity and it comes through maturity. And I'm going to get into that more, but that is kind of the foundational piece that we need to understand, uh, and I'll explain that. But first, I, I want to just say, as we went away on this pastor's retreat, um, there were some things that, that came up that we had, to, we had to work through, we had to address, and it was so good. Uh, but out of it, there was just a few things that I think realized, and, exp- and after meeting with our elders too, we talked through it, that, um, that there's some things that we need to just kind of establish with you guys. As, and this is like the family gathering. This is not a formal gathering. This is like we come together on Sundays, sit in the living room in a sense, and, and talk about what needs to be talked about and encourage how we need to encourage, train and equip. And, and then church is actually done Monday through Saturday, right? You got it? We got the amens. Uh, so we have a mission statement. How many of you guys know our mission statement? <laughs> it's pursue God, embrace people, and... <laughs> For those of you who don't know it, transform society through real community. So it's pursue God, embrace people, transform society through real community. And I would say we have done a great job of, of pursuing God, of embracing people, and transforming society through real community. But, but I also think that there's, there's some course corrections that have, have been needed, and we've begun to move in those areas of kind of correcting or re- resetting our culture uh, and going back to even our roots in, of pursuing God. And uh, a lot of people say, you know, you hear the term uh, seeker-sensitive church, uh, growth, uh, growth model church, and, and I would just say we are neither of those. 
Uh, so I just want to kind of set that, establish that right now to say we are actually a presence-sensitive church, not a seeker-sensitive church. And it's okay. I'm not bashing any seeker-sensitive churches or anything. I'm just saying this is who we are. This is our DNA, that we are a presence-sensitive church. We're going to go after the presence of God uh, no matter what. And so even as we're, you know, as we're up here and sometimes worship goes you know, continues to flow and go and go. What we're doing is we're not just trying to drag worship out. We're actually trying to hear the Lord and establish something that the Lord wants to do in this time on a Sunday morning in our hearts. And so we are very cautious not to jump ahead and and just push forward. Well, time's up for this. We need to move into the next thing. What we want to do is say, God, this is really your time. It should all be his time, but we, that we establish this place as his time. And so even the way, you know, at sometimes I'm just like, let's just hit the reset button. Like, forget the way we think we have to do church, the, you know, that we do this, 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 we do the announcements, we do the worship, we do the word, you know, we close up with another song maybe, and everybody goes rah, rah, and we, when we're out. What if we just came in and said, God, do what you want to do this morning? Do whatever you want to do this morning in our hearts and in our lives Train and equip us. This is the training and equipping center for the work of the ministry. So as we come in here, we strengthen each other in the Lord. And it's not just, this is the other thing. It's not coming in here and going, okay, I'm going to sit down and, and they're going to feed me. Like, we're not babies, right? Like, it's not the spoon feed anymore. Like, we're the body of Christ. And yes, there is a, there's a training on Sunday mornings. I mean, I, whoever's up here, uh, whether it's me or Marcus or my dad or uh, if, if it's uh, Zach or Andrew or whoever's up here preaching, that, that we are seeking the Lord and saying, okay, God, what do you have for Sunday morning that we can share and encourage the body of Christ so that when they leave here, they leave empowered and strengthened to do the work of the ministry Monday through Saturday. Right? You guys got to get excited about this too, right? <laughs> it's not... So, so we're not a, we're not a seeker-sensitive church. We're a presence-sensitive church, and we're not a growth church. But here's what we are. We are a spiritual growth church. We are, we are a church that is going to grow people up strong in the Lord so that we go out and we actually establish the kingdom, that we actually bring souls into the kingdom. Because it doesn't, if it just happens here, we have such limited impact. But if we can establish something here where we say, okay, guys, Go. And you guys do the work of the ministry, and now we begin to impact the kingdom. We're going to do it in a much greater way than trying to get people into here. That's where we say it's not about how many people we get in here. It's about how many people we get out there. Okay? Uh, I don't know if you know Jim Cimbala, but he's the pastor of Brooklyn Tabernacle Church and, uh, in New York. And just a, he's an amazing man. Um, he wrote a book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, and... In this book, he, he wrote this, and I was like, oh, this is so good. He says, if our churches don't pray, and if people don't have an appetite for God, what does it matter how many are attending the services? Right? Like, it isn't about how many attend the services. It's about that hunger and thirst for the Lord. It says, those that are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, they are the ones that are going to be filled. This is what it says in Matthew 5. Jesus says this. Uh, and the Sermon of the Mount, the very beginning with the Beatitudes. He's, Those that, are hunger, that hunger and thirst for righteousness, 
Those are the ones that are going to be filled. So as we come in, I just pray that there is a greater hunger and thirst that as we leave this place, we're not like, oh, well, thank God church is over. I got to go watch football now. <laughs> but we're like, no, I wish there was more. I want more. I want a hunger and thirst for what the Lord has, that it would be established in our hearts, that we would take that out, and that we would actually impact the kingdom together as a family. Uh, okay. The other thing I just want to talk about is on Wednesday nights, uh, this is something else that uh, in, for the past few months, we've just been, we've been worshiping and we've been praying. And it's not something, it's actually been, you know, it's, it's sometimes there, it's not easy to move in that because it's a new thing that we're doing, but we're doing these things out of obedience. And when the Lord says, I want to establish something in the church, who are we to say, no, 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 but we've got another plan. <laughs> we're going to actually do things this way. So what we do is we say, yes, we'll do it. According to you, like whatever you desire, if this is what you're calling us into, this is what we're going to do. And so we, we have come in the last few months into this time of literally just worshiping and praying. And it's establishing something in this church. And I know there's some that are like, when are we going to get back into the word? Like, I know. And I get it. But, but there's something that the Lord wants to do in this place and, and in establishing a place of worship and prayer. And so we have been doing that over the past few months. We are now, as of probably after the celebration we have with Zach and Nicole, we're going to be moving back into the Word. Uh, but we're going to also be doing it with worship and prayer and really letting the Lord move. But we're going to go into First and Second Corinthians. Uh, and, and I love First and Second Corinthians because really Paul, in these letters, establishes the church. He establishes like the, uh, uh, call it the kerygma, or the, but it's the... It's the uh, you guys don't know Kerygma, probably. The teachings, yeah, that's a better way to say it. Just the teachings of the, uh, for the church, but it's like the culture of, the, of what God wants to establish as the church. And so we're going to be doing that with, with First and Second Corinthians. But, and here's the thing. This is how we see Wednesday night, is this is like the Acts 2.42, where it says that they, devote them, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. So this is where we're going to go through Corinthians. To fellowship, and actually that word fellowship, if you look it up in the Greek, it's fellowship in the spirit. So it's not just like hanging out, watching a football game. I'm going to just uh, kind of knock on football here since it's football season. It's actually fellowship in the spirit. It's a time of worshiping together. It's a time of praying together. It's a time of, of sharing the word together and sharing hearts together. But it's worshiping, it's fellowship in the spirit. And then it's breaking bread we serve a meal on Wednesday nights, so that's easy. Uh, we, we break bread together, and then, and then we pray. And those are the four things. And if you look at Acts 2.42, it's apostles' teachings, it's fellowship, it's breaking bread, it's prayer. These are foundational to be in a family. Uh, so that's it. Um, that's not the message, but that's it for that. And, and I just want to say, my heart this morning is that is, I'm going to go quickly through this, so um, follow along. And, but I want you, what we're going to try to do here is we're going to try to shift a mindset. We're going to try to shift a culture that's been created in the Western church. And, and unfortunately, here at The Rock as well. And, and I take responsibility uh, for doing that. I want to say I'm sorry for doing that. This is not the desire that the Lord has for this church. It's not the, the desire that the Lord has for the church. Uh, what he desires is that we actually become family together. There's a declaration that we have uh, that says, we've decided to be a battleship, not a cruise ship. 
an army, not an audience, special forces, not spectators, missionaries, and not club members. But what are, what are we actually saying in this? What we're saying is that, look, we're going we're gonna to fight together. We're going to train together. We're going to spend time together. We're going to eat together. We're going to encourage each other. If you're on a battleship, like, you live life together. But you live life with an understanding, hey, there's an, there's an enemy out there that's trying to attack us. And so you're on high alert all the time, right? Like when the alarms go off, man, it's battle stations. You're going to your battle station and everyone goes to their place and does their job. And if somebody's like, dude, I'm not going to go do that, <laughs> that's going to create a real problem with, in a sense, that body, that group of people as they're, as they're on this ship together fighting a battle together. Does that make sense? When you're on a cruise ship, what's the mentality? Are you on high alert? <laughs> it's a consumer mentality. It's a, I'm here to be served. I'm here to consume. I'm here to get my needs met. I'm here to get a suntan. Uh, and I'm here not to be on high alert. I don't want anybody to bother me. And if the alarms go off, they better not be about me because I'm sitting here, I'm in the, you know. This is, this is the mentality of the cruise ship. And here's, here's the thing. I, I love where we are going as a church. And I, even with this declaration, as we declare these things, we're moving away from that and we are moving towards becoming more than just a community, that we are actually moving to becoming a family. You know, our, our logo says uh, uh, the Rock Real Community. And, and at some point in time here, it's going to become the Rock Real Family. Um, and I don't think we're there yet, so we're not going to change it. And, and Pastor Jim would not be happy with me if we did because it's a lot of work. <laughs> but this is where we're headed. And we realized that even as we were away on the pastor's retreat, like it's, it's about family. Community is great, but family is a whole nother level. Um, yeah, so I want, I want you to see something here. This is a video, and unfortunately, I think you're just going to get to see it on one screen. Uh, but uh, this is it's very funny, but it also, uh, sadly, it hits home. Uh, so anyway, let's, let's watch this video together. Previously on Church Hunters. This is your first church. This is Creekside First Baptist. Honestly, right up front, uh, didn't love the name. The Sunday morning experience was just a little too traditional. Hey guys, how we doing? Hey, good. Doing how are good, you? doing good. So I know you didn't love the traditional vibe of the last place, okay? okay. But I think this church is really gonna do it for you. Yeah. It takes relevance to a whole new level. Behind me, you will see molded clay, jar art, tapestry, canvas, mosaic wow. church. Mm, I love beautiful. it. Right? So you've heard of interdenominational, mm -hmm. right. and you've heard of non-denominational. Mm -hmm. Well, this church identifies as interdenominational. <laughs> wow, that's, that's perfect. I love for it. Us. But here's the kicker. A lot of celebrities go here. Yeah. What? Jeff Foxworthy. Oh, we love him. Yep. We really do. Ben Higgins from ABC's The Bachelor. Perfect. Several Real Housewives. Ooh, and know. Usher even came here one time. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, wow. well, follow me. Come on. Let's do it. So refreshing. Honestly, that last church was just way too traditional. It was yeah. too much. It was like we left there feeling convicted. Like, oh. ugh, right? Right. We're just, we're looking for more of a Tony Robbins type sermon. Like inspiration, like a TED Talk with a Bible verse. Yes. Oh, yes. Right? 
It's perfect here. We love it. It really is. We love it. Awesome. Cool. Well, you guys know a lot of contemporary pastors speak out of the Message Translation Bible, mm -hmm. right? Or this pastor speaks out of a brand new translation. It's the Tumblr Bible. Shut we love Tumblr, up. though. This is great. Wow. A lot of emojis, a lot of abbreviations. Oh, I couldn't ask for one. And how many seats in here? Oh, it is 6,000 altogether. Babe, 6,000. Wow. I got to be in this worship band. That's Imagine true. me up on that jumbotron mid guitar solo. Do you know how many Instagram likes you get? Oh, oh my gosh. We find it hard to find a church right now because I grew up Catholic. I grew up Baptist, so. So, like, we, we drink. Yeah, but in private. I mean, obviously, you get it. Basically, in terms of, like, worship, I think we're looking for, like, a Jesus culture type feel. Oh, I right. love them. Hillsong, obviously. Oh, obviously. you do the cross? Hillsong is great. Like a Bethel minus the spontaneous yeah. stuff. Yeah. Just for me, I connect in worship more when the leader is attractive. Personally, I'm a Carrie Job guy. Oh, okay. Well, she's married. So. Um, so is Christian Stanfield. So one of my personal favorite things about this church is the service times. Okay. There's an 8.30, a 10, a 1 o'clock, a 5.30, and even a 7 o'clock service. Oh, there's nothing around like 2-ish? Yeah, for us, for what we need, 2, 2.15 is best. Yes. Uh, how many songs do they do during worship? Usually five, five and a half, depending on where the spirit leads. Oh, wow, babe, is that, is that a lot? Well, if that's too much for you, they have a program here called the Worship Assist Program. Okay. So if you ever get tired during worship, an intern will come out and just hold your arms up. You just keep worshiping the King of Glory. Just like that. Wow. I love it. You can still look super spiritual. Huh? And my arms get so tired from yoga. Same. I actually like this church. I think we can make it work. It was all right. I mean, it was it was good, but like I emailed the pastor and he didn't immediately respond. So uh, we're taking these vessels elsewhere. John Chris, Chris, he was actually here, I think it was back in 2014 with uh, Tim Hawkins, which we were trying to get Tim Hawkins back here, which would be fun. Um, anyway, totally off the point. We laugh at this, and it is, it is funny, but sadly enough, it's so true, right? We laugh, and then we kind of go, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> like, there's this, oh my gosh, the worship assist program. You know, and, like we, we laugh, but there's programs that we do like this. We do this in the church. And what we're doing is we're, we're trying to create this. We have this mindset that, hey, if we want to bring people into the church and we want to keep them in this church, we need to strategize on what we, what we can do to provide programs and things to meet the needs of the people. Right? And so we've got this worship assist program that the interns are going to come in and they're going to hold your hands up during worship so, so you, you don't get tired for the five and a half songs. And, and again, we laugh, but, it, but we do things like this. And, and the church has done things like this. And so it's not, I'm not pointing at you guys. I'm pointing at actually the leadership of churches has done this. But then the problem is, is you guys buy into it. And you guys go, oh, yeah, yeah, we need stuff like, and now, you know, we do this thing, we call it church shopping, right? We go around and we church shop and we look for, for the church that, that meets our needs. And, and I'm, I can say I'm guilty of it. Uh, when, we were, when we went to Houston, um, I was working down in Houston and, and we, had to, we were going to find a church. And in a sense, we were, Christy and I went church shopping. 
And it's like, okay, what's going to meet our needs? What do we need? What kind of church do we want? Are these seats comfortable? Is, you know, is the service the right length? And, and this begins to become the mentality. And then when something doesn't go the way we want it to, and let me just say, you will never find the perfect church to meet all your needs, ever. There is no such church. But there is a church where God is calling you to be planted. There is a church where he's calling you to become family and get connected. And, but family versus consumerism, it's a completely different look. So what if we were, instead of saying, how do we find a church that meets our needs? What if we were to say, God, what do I need to do to have the greatest impact in the kingdom? Where can I serve the body of Christ? And how can I serve in these areas? And let me say, a lot of times, the other thing that churches do, and we do it as well, is it's like, okay, we're going to work with you, we're going to fill out the surveys, and we're going to find the area where, where, you're, where your gifting is. And, and there's, there's a truth to that. But there is also, it, we have taken this too far. Let me just say, in our family, in our personal family, no one likes to take out the trash. No one has the gift of trash taker-outer, right? No one likes to do the dishes. No one likes to wipe down the tables. You know, people might like to do the cooking because that's fun. Some people like to do that. But, but if everyone just did what their gifting was and what they like to do, it would be a mess. So sometimes... Sometimes it's, we got to dig into the stuff even that we don't like to do, not because it's, it's, you know, it's our gifting or not our gifting, but because we're family. And so we get in and we just, we dive in. We, we're part of the family. It's all hands on deck. And we say, yeah, we're going to do this together. And if I see, if, I, if there's a need, man, I'm going to jump on it. You know, we had a, Christy, um, this was on uh, uh, Labor Day uh, Monday, just this past Monday, and Christy got up and, and made this amazing breakfast. Uh, she, she wanted, I, as I was telling her, I was going to tell the story, she's like, well, make sure you tell it right. Like, this wasn't, she made waffles, and she's like, I didn't just pop the waffles in the, in the toaster and bring them up. She's like, no, these were handmade, like whipping everything together, putting it all together, spending hours, like making this amazing breakfast. And, and uh, then we all came for breakfast, and and we have this great breakfast, homemade waffles and, and what did we have? Whipped cream and, and all sorts of the toppings and eggs. And it was really good. Excellent. And what? Oh, <laughs> I didn't want to miss anything. <laughs> uh, but afterwards, what we all did is everyone just disappeared. And literally, plates were left out. Everything was there. I had to run and do something. The kids just kind of, they were gone. And Christy was left all by herself cleaning up the entire kitchen and the, and the, and the dining room. And, um, and so she came to me and she said, we need to call a family meeting. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so we did, we called a family meeting. And of course I had a good excuse because I was doing stuff for work and... Uh, <laughs> But we sat down with the family and we said, look, guys, kids, dad, like, like this, we all have to play a part in this. Like when, when breakfast is over, we don't all just head out. This isn't a restaurant. 
this is a family meal. And what do you do at family meals? You all participate in the family meal. And, and after the meal's over, you all help clean up. And so, so we had to reestablish something in the family to say, hey, guys, you're going to be a part of this. Now, typically, what happens is if our kids, if they, don't, uh, if they don't do their dishes, if they get up and they leave without doing their dishes, 15 push-ups. <laughs> and so our kids are getting very strong. You can see they're getting very good at their push-ups. <laughs> I'm telling you, even Aaliyah, it's like, man, she's, got, she's like straight push-ups. She's got them down now. She's, you know, she's our six-year-old. And uh, they're getting very good at push-ups. But the point is, is they're also getting good at understanding how to be a family. So we're going to be doing push-ups in here for those now. Who's kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, oh, I'm way off track here. Ah, uh, yeah. Let me just use another example here. I think the examples are kind of bring it home. Um, if, if you go to a restaurant, you have a mentality that you're going to be served, right? This is, so I'm kind of just touching on this consumer mentality versus the family. When, you're, when you go to a restaurant, you expect the meal to come fairly quickly. You expect your server to be on point and very nice to you, uh, no matter how you are, no matter how you treat them. And uh, you want your meal hot and you want it on time and you want it the way that you've asked it to be, right? You want a comfortable seat, you want a good ambiance. If, if, you know, if something's too loud, you'll tell them, hey, that's way too loud. Well, if we were to do that in the family, if I were to sit down and say, Christy, I needed my meal five minutes ago. It's not hot enough, and it's not really what I wanted. I probably wouldn't get another meal for, for quite a long time. <laughs> and I'd probably have that meal in my lap, <laughs> would be my guess. I have never tried it out. I, pr- I will not try it out. Uh, but and if our kids were to do that, if they were to say, Mom, like, why is my meal not here? And I didn't want eggs. I wanted toast. <laughs> Again, that meal would probably be in their lap, and they would be down in their rooms. And... Doing push-ups, <laughs> yes, doing push-ups. What's the point? Let me say it this way too. If, if you're at a restaurant and the waiter comes up to you and says, hey, your food's ready, you can go grab it off the warmer. <laughs> you would laugh, right? You'd go, ha, ha, bring my food, <laughs> right? But as a family, no, you're, you're going to get up and you're going to get your own food. You're going you're gonna to help out as the family. And this is, this is this mind shift. This is this cultural shift that we actually need to make. And our, our, here's the other thing is, is when, what we see with our kids is when, when, they are, when they actually get involved in things, when they have to do the dishes, when they have to do their laundry, uh, when they have to vacuum or something, they, they begin to get a heart of thankfulness for when it's done for them. And, and it begins to shift things in their life, and so in, in their hearts. And so when we actually do something for them, instead of saying, Mom, you didn't fold my clothes right, they're going, Mom, thanks for folding my clothes. Thanks for doing that. Like, I didn't have to do it this time. You did it for me. And, and when we begin to do these things and, and help out in these ways, it brings us into a heart of thankfulness as well. We go from this entitlement standpoint to an ownership in the family. We're not entitled to it. We own it. We're part of it. When you own a house versus when you rent a house, it's completely different, right? When you rent a house, you just call up and you say, hey, I need something fixed. When you own the house, guess who fixes it? (laughs) 
And all the dads said, no. The honeydew list, right? It's probably a mile long <laughs> if you're anything like me. Um, yeah, so we have this, we have to get away from this consumer mentality. We have to because it's not what we're called to. We are called to be a family. There's a, I'm not going to go through it all um, just because of time here, but in 1 Corinthians 12, you can go through this, 12 verses 21, it talks about the body. And, and the part I just want to point out is it says that there's, there's many parts that make up the whole body. It says, so it is with the body of Christ. And that we've all been baptized into one body in one spirit. So we're all part of this body. And then it begins to talk about the different parts of the body. It says if, if the foot says, uh, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not the hand, doesn't make it any less a part of the body. And so there's this other side, I think, and then it talks about like the ear. It says if the ear says, well, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye. Well, what if that ear says I'm not part of the body? What happens to the body? You can't hear right? And they're thinking, well, but I'm not like the eyes. Yeah, you're not supposed to be like the eyes. You're the ears. And so every part, and it talks about this, it says that, it says, but our bodies have many parts, but God has put each part just where he wants it. So every one of you plays a part in the body. And sometimes we're like, well, I don't know what my part is. Well, that's okay. Just start to plug in and you'll figure that part out. But just engage in it. And, and yeah, just engage in it. <laughs> Be a part of the body. I want to just go back real quick. There's something I wanted to hit on here. In this thankfulness, when we're understanding thankfulness, um, I've seen this like so many times in the church and even like with our pastors. And so I'm going to just use Marcus as the example. Sometimes like we as the church, we have this, we go back to this mindset of, of entitlement and we go, hey, the, the worship was just too loud or I really didn't like the worship set this week. The songs, they just didn't really do it for me. Um, you know, maybe the, I don't know, uh, we went too long on one song or you're too short on another. And, but here's the thing. What if we change the mindset to say, Marcus, thank you for taking the time during the week to prepare these sets to, take, to get with the team, to be here on a late night on Thursday night, and to prepare to lead us into worship on Sunday morning. It may not be perfectly what I want. And this is the thing. When I sit down at the dinner table, it may not be the perfect meal that I want. But it's, a, it's an amazing meal. It's the same thing with, with others, with Pastor Sylvia and the children's, that we don't go... Oh, man, like, you're just not doing a very good job. Like, I really want you to teach my children this. Or with Pastor Zach, man, you're just not engaging my child like you should be engaging my child. Like, uh, guess what? He is working so hard and is pouring out his life. Trust me, it's not for the money. <laughs> None of the pastors are doing this for the money. But that they are pouring out their hearts to have an impact on the youth, on the children, on, in, in here with worship. And, but... From our place, when we come into a place of thankfulness, and that can be just from, like, how do we engage in something? If we don't like the way something's going on, that we, we don't just go, well, I'm out of here. But we say, no, as part of the family, how can I help? How can I engage in this and actually participate to make things better? So this is where I, I think the Lord literally, he wants to make this shift in our hearts. Not because, not for any other reason than this is called family. 
that we would be a family together, that we would do it like we do, like they did in Acts 2.42. And the other thing that they did there is they met together. It says, uh, if you go back, if you continue uh, verses 44 through 46, I'm just going to hit this, the points here. It says, all the believers were together. And then it says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Now, it doesn't mean that they were meeting all day long. They didn't just sit in the temple courts all day long. I think they had their jobs. They did the things they needed to do. But then they gathered together. It was this place of community. But greater than community, it was a place of family. And then it says, and they broke bread in their homes and they ate together. And this is, you know, we, we try to engage people this. We say, hey, be a part of a life group. Like you can't, maybe we don't, on Wednesday nights, we can eat all together here. But on other nights, like get connected with other people in the body that you're, you're doing meals together. You're, you're fellowshipping together. You're breaking bread together. You're praying together. You're, you're in the word together. And, and it, a lot of times, in, especially in bigger churches, you can't necessarily do this all the time as a church body, but we can, we can break up into groups and we're gathering together and then we're coming together on Sundays and on Wednesdays for corporate gatherings. But it's part of that engaging. I hear people say, well, Bethel's my church or, you know, something that's where you're watching it online all the time is a church. And that's not your church. It might be a great place to get like, to get Things are, you know, to get information, to get a better understanding of the Lord and, and teachings are great teachings, but you need to have a church where you're connected to a body. And, if you, and even if, you know, I get it, we watch, we have online streaming and we do that, you know, people are out of town, they're on vacation, they're sick, something comes up, I get it. But don't use that as your church. Sorry, for all those of you watching online, <laughs> as they just turned it off, flip. <laughs> don't use that. Like, there is something about gathering together. When you see this in Acts 2, it is so critical that we gather together as a body, that we come together, that we, we fellowship together as the body. It's kind of like if, you have, if, you, if there's, you're having a Thanksgiving meal with your family and, you know, everyone's gathering together and you're like, hey, can you just live stream that? I'm going to just watch online. Uh, I'll be there in a sense, but just, you know, but I'll be at my home actually eating with you guys. Like, that doesn't work, right? You're like... Hey, Jimmy, you're on the live stream. Like, <laughs> no, like you come together as family. You do this as family. And it's the same thing in the body of Christ as a church, like that we would come together and be a family together. Uh, Ephesians 4, 16 says this, from him, this is Jesus, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love critical highlighted piece there, in love, as each part does its work. This is where we all have to do our part. When we're on a battleship, everybody does their part. When we're in the body of Christ, everybody does their part. And when we do that, we function well as the body. And what's the purpose of the body? To impact the kingdom, to further the kingdom of God, right? So as we become a body, as we become a family, we have a greater impact for the kingdom, for his glory. And that's what it's, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. The other thing I just want to hit on here, I talked about unity and maturity. And I want to just, I want, I want, to, I want you to see this. This is something the Lord just showed me, and, and it's so cool. Uh, Ephesians 4, 2, and 3 says, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. And that word bearing, <laughs> 
Another word for it is suffering. So sometimes it's actually suffering together. Uh, and, it, and it doesn't always, it's not always great, right? When you're with family, it's not always like, woohoo. Sometimes family, you're struggling through things, right? You don't have to say amen if you're sitting next to family. <laughs> like, uh-huh, <laughs> but I can't say anything. Um, it goes on to say, make every effort. This is Ephesians 4.3. It says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. So there is something that, the, that Paul is saying, that, that the Spirit of God is saying in this, that we would actually make every single effort we can to keep the unity of the Spirit. The second verse here is in Hebrews 12, 14. It says, make every effort. Here's that word again. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and be holy. That's the second part. That holiness is actually the maturity that's required along with the unity. And I know sometimes when we say holiness or holy, people are like, er. but let me explain. Holy, it's hagios is the, is the word, and it means to be set apart, to be sacred, but another word for it is actually to be in the likeness of the nature of the Lord. And so this is not about perfection, but it is critical to family. It's critical with the unity and with this maturity, which is the holiness. Those are the things that bring us into family. It's a abiding in the vine. When we abide in the vine through the Holy Spirit, there's actually a nourishment that comes into our body and we begin to grow. And this is that place of maturity that we begin to grow into. But it only happens as we set Jesus as the head. When Jesus is the head and we're the body, that's how we become, that's how we come into unity and become a family. And so... I think we miss it sometimes as we think unity is just, we just have to be in unity together and, and that's what the Lord's looking for. No, he's actually establishing two things, unity, but he's also establishing holiness. And if we have the unity without the holiness, we cannot have family. It's kind of like having the head, Jesus is the head. You can't have you, headless and have a body and have family. You have to have the head and you have to have the body. So it's the holiness which is having the nature of Christ, having the, the, the understanding of, of who Christ is. And this is it, holy. It's a continual process of, of increasing in the knowledge and understanding of Christ and increasing in Christ's character. So as we increase in that character, that brings us into a place of holiness. And now we bring in the unity piece. We bring those together and we establish family in this place. Okay. I've got more, but it's going to wait. Uh, I'll, just, I'll just say this. Next week, uh, I'm going to be talking about offenses. And, uh, and this is the critical, this is the one thing that actually, not one, it's not the only thing, but it is the number one thing that will break the unity of the body of Christ, that will break the family. Uh, and I'll just, I'll just kind of head it, or kind of tease you with this maybe. If you look at... Uh, if you go back to the beginning, to Genesis, uh, what you'll see, and the Lord just showed me this. It's so cool. I just love, like, just getting these, like, when you see, when God just shows you something. But the first sin that ever happened was actually out of an offense. And so it's, it was the first sin in the garden, and it happened when Satan actually 
put bait on a trap. And he said to Eve, he said, he said, you surely will not die. For God knows that when you eat of it, and he's talking about the fruit, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And so Eve takes the bait. She's like, oh, you're telling me that God would do this, that he would actually keep this from me? And began to take this offense and steps into that place and takes the bait and then actually gives it to Adam. And we have the fall of mankind that came out of this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into this next week, but I, I feel like it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's so important that as we move into family, we understand this place of unity, we understand the place of maturity, and then we, are so, we have to be so aware of what the enemy is trying to do in creating offenses. So anyway, um, let's stand. I'm going to pray. We've got two minutes, and then we're starting the next service. <laughs> Woo! You guys could just stay, and maybe I'll just do the second part. <laughs> Father, I just pray right now. Just put your hands out. Lord, I ask that you would shift a mindset in us this morning. Lord, that we would begin to walk in a new understanding of what you've called us into. Community is great, but family is what we're called into. Family is what you're establishing in this place. And I ask, Lord, this morning that you would establish family in our hearts. Would you establish that right now? Would you begin to show us in a deeper way? Lord, this is you have a 30-minute message to, to bring family. Lord, Holy Spirit, I ask that you now begin to reveal this in our hearts in greater measure, in greater understanding, that we would truly become a family of God, that we would walk together, that we would live together, we would encourage each other, that we would strengthen each other in the Lord, that we would be bold as we go out, that we would preach the gospel, that we would share with love, that we would bring love and hope into a lost and dying world. God, if it's not us, who's it gonna be? Lord, make us your family. Teach us how to become family. Shift the mindset in our hearts, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Love you.